0: 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. If you really want to get rid of something, you burn it, right? They had taken the women captives. That were therein, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So they burned the city, but they kept their wives and their families and their possessions. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. This is not in the text today, but we have the advantage of looking down on this from the 30,000 foot view. David assumed that because the city was burned and there were no wives or children present that they had also been killed. But I'm thankful to read here today that they were not killed. They were just taken. Big difference. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. David's two wives were taken captives: Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. It's going from bad to worse for him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Everyone say, his God. And David said to Abathar, the priest of son, Ahimelech's son, excuse me, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod, And Abathar Abathar brought the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Now God was really telling David... They're not dead like you think they're dead. They're just taken, and you're about to go get them. So David went, and the 600 men that were with him, and they came to the brook Bezor, where those that were left behind stayed. And David pursued, and he and 400 men, for 200 abode behind, which were faint, so faint, that they could not go over the brook Bezor. I want to talk to us today about life goes on. Life goes on. Amen. Could we just pray, lift our hands to the Lord and ask him to speak a word to us directly as individuals. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for our time together, Lord, but I'm trusting God you have a word for us today to encourage us, to encourage your people. Lord God, that there is, amen, a a declaration to go, amen, to get up and pursue and recover all. We thank you today, Lord, that you are victorious and your train does indeed fill the temple because we are victorious through you. And we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you worship the Lord. Amen through the word. Simple message today, but I feel very strong that it is an on-time message. You may not fall into this category today, but you either have or will find yourself at some point needing to know how to encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. You uh, and I... We'll face things in our life that, amen, the crowd's not there to pat you on the back. And there may not be somebody there to speak that encouraging word, or there may not be a Hallmark greeting card sitting on your table. As a matter of fact, maybe sometimes you would feel that those closest to you aren't even for you. David had 600 men that he's used to fighting shoulder to shoulder with. And they were loyal to David. They were loyal to the cause. And they, were, they knew how to fight. They were trained and skilled warriors. But, amen, as they came upon Ziklag and they saw the smoke plumes and smelled the, the embers and the fire that was raging, amen, and smoldering, amen, of what used to be, amen, they began to look at what was there and began to become despondent because uh, their wives were gone and their children were gone and everything they had fought for and worked for was gone, amen. And so they began to assess the situation and uh, they were all crying, amen, including David, because of the loss or the perceived loss of everything that they had ever lived for. And the story was bleak, so bleak that they began to talk among themselves and say, what kind of leader w- are we with? We've come back to our families. We've co- wasn't there a plan? Why wasn't there some kind of thing, uh, provision made to protect our families while we're out risking our lives? Uh, I don't know if that's what they said, but uh, somehow they arrived at the point of we need to stone David. We need to stone him. And that was on their mind, and it wasn't just uh, some sort of fabricated imagination. They literally were feeling that they wanted to stone David, and he is in a very unique place because he's been anointed king, but not yet on the throne. And his uh, he has experienced some great highs. He has killed a lion and a bear, and he has taken out Goliath, which we talked about today. And he was chosen by God over his seven older brothers, and so. So David knows what the favor of God is. He knows what victory tastes like. Yet at this day, amen, he experienced some very tough times. And you've got to understand that Saul has been pursuing David to take his life. and, And many lonely days on the backside of the family farm alone in the dark night, taking care of sheep in obscurity, looking up into the dark sky and maybe saying, God, are you even there? I know no one ever gets to that point here because we're all such people that have it all together. But, uh, you know, I've had some God-are-you-there moments. I've had some times when it's been tight and low, amen, and, and 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 Ziklag's been burning, and I could smell, amen, the fire, amen, of what the enemy has tried to do, and you feel alone, amen. I don't know if anyone's ever had those thoughts cross your mind, uh, but you might, amen, or you will in some point or fashion in your future because uh, all of us must go through these times of Ziklag. But uh, I would just uh, caution you that life goes on. Life goes on. Amen. Aren't you, aren't you, uh, you know, haven't you come to know that uh, no matter what a day brings, uh, tomorrow is pressing at the door. Amen. I've sent out plenty of pity party invitations only to show, see that no one showed up. Why? Because life goes on. And everyone else has their problems to deal with. You've got your own situation to deal with. And you've got your own fight to fight. And David's elite fighting forces are the best of the best. Uh, and yet they come upon Ziklag to find it desolate and empty and eerily quiet. And no sound of children playing. Uh, no sound of wives conversing. Uh, no sounds of animals grazing and bleeding and filling the hillsides. Uh, it was desolate and eerily irre- quiet, only smoldering timbers and ashes of what used to be, and the Amalekites, Israel's old nemesis from Esau, you see it's the children of Israel, but really, if you take it back far enough, it was Jacob, Jacob was the father of the Israelites, and so it goes back to Jacob, Amen. And Esau. And Esau uh, was the father of the Amalekites. And they're Israel's old nemesis from way back when. And and, uh, they were supposed to be utterly destroyed by Saul. Amen. But now here they are showing up again to wreak havoc upon Israel and Jacob's children. And they came to Ziklag while David was, uh, amen, away. And they had laid siege to it, burned it with fire, took their wives, as we've said, amen, and all of their spoils. I'm saying that over and over because I got to communicate the fact that it looked bleak. There were no wives. There weren't a few wives. There weren't a few kids. There were no animals. Amen. All their spoils, everything that they had ever gathered in victories and conquests was also gone. You might say their wealth, their treasury, everything that they had to supplement and and back them as a people was taken and and they left town with everything can i just say to you that the enemy doesn't care what your name is he doesn't care how long you've been in church he doesn't care what title you possess he's after your stuff and he wants all your stuff Amen. It says uh, that David, with those that were with him in verse 4, cried and wept until they had no more power to weep. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation that's uh, severe or not, uh, but you've cried until not no more tears to cry, but no more strength to weep. That means your soul has been drained, amen. You're filling up now with grieving to the point where, amen, the loss of possessions and the loss of things dear to you, amen, has caused hopelessness to set in. Minds and hearts filled with despair, and David was greatly distressed, the Bible says. Not only had he lost his family, not only had he lost his home, lost his possessions, but he was dealing with his own discouragement. You see, everyone had lost everything, but now David, amen, has taken to a Place of breaking because now he's got all of this loss to deal with, and now he starts hearing the voices of the people that were with him start saying, Let's stone him. They're speaking of stoning him because they are so despondent at the loss. These are not David's enemies. These are his closest circle of friends, yet discouragement has caused their thinking to become skewed. Can I just take a minute here to encourage you that when you're going through a very difficult low place, don't let discouragement start twisting your thinking. Don't start letting your mind start thinking thoughts that are not God-like because it has the power to cause you to become, uh, amen, disillusioned, amen, and start thinking things that don't even make sense. How could uh, you be fighting uh, side by side with David one minute uh, and just a few short hours later you're talking of stoning the same person? It doesn't make sense, but, uh, amen, in the face of all the discouragement uh, and the negative circumstances, the Scripture said that David had no one else to turn to so he turned to himself now I'm not, I'm not saying that David had the power to be his own source of encouragement but what I am saying is in light of the situation David began to, discour- uh, to encourage himself in the Lord his God It's important that we understand that we have this personal relationship with God. He's not just the Lord God, but it was the Lord his God. Amen. When you don't know where else to turn to, when you don't know else where else to draw strength from, you've got to go back to the person that you've got relationship with, the one that brought you through yesterday's fire, the one that brought you through yesterday's trial, and say, if he did it then, he can do it again. I don't know how I'm getting through this, but I am getting through it because the Lord is my God. <laughs> Hallelujah. so important to understand that David, amen, said that he was going to turn to the Lord, his God, to encourage himself. David was at a critical place, a fork in the road, as anyone who is under the sound of my voice will find yourself in at some point in your life. Uh, some, Some people in 2023, you've been at your Ziklag. There have been some people at Ziklag in 2023, and I'm here to tell somebody, guess what? Amen, the show doesn't stop. Life goes on. You're gonna find that life, go- you found that life goes on. Amen, maybe somebody's gonna show up and be sensitive and give you a word, but most likely, if you're gonna get through it, it's gonna be because you decided that this thing's not taking me out. This thing's not gonna knock me out. I'm gonna get up and encourage myself in the Lord, my God, amen. Amen. He's faithful to He's faithful to help us. He's an ever-present help in need. When the flames are burning and the embers are popping and the smoke is rising and the ashes blowing in the wind and you can't see your wife, you can't see your kids, you can't see your possessions, just know that there is a God who is on your side and he will not fail you. Encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. And David was at this critical place. Hey, there are some seasons. There aren't going to be people lined up to encourage you. Nope. You're just going to have to dig deep. You're going to have to get alone with the Lord, your God. You're going to have to tap into Him. Matter of fact, sometimes the people you were counting on to lift you up may not be around, and God may orchestrate it that way. He wants to see where your faith lies, He wants to see where your hope lies. Sometimes we make these people up to be superheroes and insulated from life and insulated from realities. And I've got news for you. David was anointed king, amen, but he was with them weeping as hard as anyone else because he was a like uh, man given to passions and and, and he he was really wounded by this situation. He was feeling the pressure of it, uh, amen, and he succumbed uh, to the realities of life. could have, he could have succumbed to that, to the point that he let the enemy steal his fight. I wonder how close David was to just sitting there. At that point, a good stoning probably sounded good. sounded good. Just get me out of this misery. Oh, hello. Just end this. He was potentially close to succumbing to the attack to the point where it stole his fight. He allowed discouragement. He could have allowed discouragement to his destiny and his hope be taken from him. He could have allowed the voices of others who were down to influence his outlook and bring him down. Let me say that again. He could have allowed the voices of others who were down who take him down, you got to be careful when you're at a ziklag, who you're listening to, what you're listening to, because we read on that David did not allow those voices to overcome him, but he, 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 he evidently said, I don't care if everyone else turns their back on me, I know God won't. He had to reach this place of resolve that said, no matter how bad it looks, uh, to the point where it's turning those that are with me against me, amen, I know that God is with me. He's already proven himself to me. This is a key revelation from Ziklag. God went from God to his God. He encouraged himself, verse 6 says, in the Lord his God. It was a personal relationship with him that David began to tap into. You see, the secret in being able to encourage yourself in the Lord is to never allow your distresses to be greater than your confidence. (laughs) You may have great distress going on in your life, but don't ever let it become greater than your confidence in God. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. David knew no matter how bad the circumstances got, his God was still greater. He encouraged himself with this mindset. Sometimes that's all you have. but it's enough. You see, life's going to go on. Please, let me just throw this caveat. I'm not here being smart like this morning. I'm not here being insensitive saying, just get over it, life goes on. No, I'm just saying the life is going to go on. No matter what comes our way, life is going to go on. We can lose loved ones, but life goes on. I'm not saying it's not a reality and something that, that is very heavy and hard. But you know what? Uh, the world doesn't stop. You may lose a job. But guess what? Monday's coming, Tuesday's coming, and life's going to go on. I've lived long enough to know that, that the whole world doesn't shut down because something negative or discouraging happens to me. Life goes on. We've got to deal with the reality that life goes on. We may get a sickness contracted in our body, but life goes on. What are we going to do next? Are we going to sit down and cry ourselves to death, or are we going to get up and say, i got a report, but i got a God that's greater than my report. I've got a, I got a God that's greater than my job. Amen. My job is a, is a resource, but my God is a source. Amen. No matter what you lose, God is greater. No matter what you're going through, God is greater. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wish we'd just shout to the great source of heaven. Lord, my trust is in you, my hope is in you. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Sinking sand. Hallelujah. Hey. I feel my help up in here today. Yeah. Mmm. God is enough. I said, He's enough. Ziklag may be a pile of ashes and burning timbers, but he is enough. You may not know where your wife and your children are, but he is enough. You may not have the spoils you once thought you depended on, but he is enough. (laughs) Best I can see, David did four things that were so vitally important. Number one, he turned to the priest. What is that? He honored God's authority first thing he did was turn to the priest. He said, bring me the ephod. An ephod was a garment that they brought when they wanted to go into a, 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 an enclosed place with God. They would come up under that ephod. It was sort of like a, a blanket, if, if you will, but it was more elaborate than that. And it was used for the priest and the king to, to uh, approach God in special times for direction and needing help from him. And David didn't know what else to do. Men talking of stoning him, everything, we've already said it, amen, plenty today, but everything gone. And what does he do? He said, oh, I've lost hope in this scene, but bring me the ephod. He turned to the priest and he said, I need help from God. You see, your kingly anointing will only get you so far. But you've got to have a priestly relationship that puts you in connection with God Almighty. Yeah, it was his God and his God. This proved that it was his God, that God was his God, his Lord. He said, I'm going to turn to him and see what God's got to say about this. And the second thing he did was he asked for the ephod, amen, and he took it to prayer. He took his need to prayer. He took his... Discouragement to prayer. He took everything that needed help to prayer. Amen. And the best thing that you can do today, if you've got a situation that's bigger than you, amen, don't try to take it to the counselor. Don't take it to your best friend. Don't think that you're smart enough to get it worked out in your mind. Take it to prayer. Ask for the priest to come. Ask for the ephod and begin to pray to God and say, God, I need direction. Third thing he did is he inquired of the Lord for direction, displayed the fear of the Lord. You see, he knew that if he was ever going to get out of this situation, if he was ever going to make it through another day, he was going to have to have God help him. The fourth thing, and this is very important, is he never lost his will to fight. Amen. Amen. He never lost his will to fight. my hand. It's like my glasses. I look for them and they're on my face sometimes. This little thing symbolizes a towel. And in a boxing match or a wrestling match, especially back in the day, amen, when the manager or the corner felt that their fighter or the one in the ring couldn't take anymore, there's a term and they would, even when that person was fighting and continuing on to their own demise and hurt, that corner would throw in the towel. And that meant fight over. We surrender. We give up. Amen. Can I tell somebody, today you better get a good fresh grip on that towel. Don't ever lose your will to war don't ever lose your will to fight I don't care how bad it looks uh, encourage yourself say I will not let go of this uh, they're gonna bury me with this towel they're gonna bury me with this cloth uh, I'm gonna pick it up uh, and I'm gonna have it until the day I die whether I win lose draw I am going to fight and never let go of the towel because I am not giving up because greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world and I shall not be defeated. Never lose your will to fight. All of this came after the result of David encouraging himself in the Lord. David would have allowed his distress and discouragement to rule his situation. He would not have turned to the priest or prayed. You know why? Because pride would have gotten in the way. David, if he was like Saul, he would have wanted those men to turn to him like he somehow was this mastermind and figured it all out. But David was not eaten up with pride. David was a man that was humble, and he turned to God and said, if we're getting out of this, fellas, uh, it's going to be because God shows up. It's up to God to produce the victory. If he would have allowed distress and discouragement to rule his situation, he would have never inquired of the Lord because the fear of men and the fear of circumstances would have been greater than his fear of God. He would have never had the will to fight because hopelessness would have drowned out his will to war. David's ability to encourage himself was not centered on himself, but on the Lord his God. Our focus must remain clear and God-centered. Could it be that this is where the verse comes from in Psalms 34 where David deals uh, with the dilemma of Ziklag and is inspired to pen these words. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, and none of them is broken. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Ziklag was a desolate place. But David said I trust in God and because I trust in God I will not be desolate. There desolate means empty. Desolate means stripped and raped and barren amen and david said oh no i know too much about my god i've been feeling this way before but i've seen my god come through and i'm trusting that god is going to come through again because david trusted in god at his lowest moment his desolation was temporary I'm here to tell somebody and prophesy to you that whatever desolation 2023 has brought, uh, it's only temporary. It's only temporary, friend. It's only a zigzag moment. Amen. Life is going to go on. Life is going to go on, and you're going to pursue after your enemy and without doubt recover all. Yeah it's temporary, it's impossible to trust in God and remain desolate. I said to somebody, it's impossible to trust in God and remain desolate. This is what David encouraged himself with. In the Lord his God, Paul said it this way, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. The amplified says, "Which continually strengtheneth me." He's talking about being abased and abounding, full and hungry, abounding and suffering need. David said, or Paul said, "It doesn't matter, Amen. Whether I'm full or empty, God is God." David said in Psalms 27, Amen. Amen. He said it this way, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies, came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David was speaking this by faith because when you're staring at Ziklag and burning timbers and ashes, amen, smoldering, amen, there's nothing beautiful about that. But David, amen, knew that life was going to go on and, and something was going to change because God that he served was the God of beauty. He said In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up and mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. Yea, I will sing. I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidst, seek my face. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger for thou hast been my help leave me not neither forsake me O God of my salvation when my father and mother forsake me the Lord shall take me up teach me thy way O Lord and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies deliver me not over to the will of my enemies for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty I had fainted David said, I would have fainted that day at Ziklag. I would have given up. I would have thrown in the towel. But... I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Can I tell somebody? Life goes on. Wait on the Lord. God's showing up in your situation. God's not gonna leave your situation desolate. He's filling it with good things, beautiful things for those who trust him. He said, I had fainted. Not I did faint. I was going to faint. Unless I had believed to see the Lord and the land of the living. The key to encouraging yourself in the Lord is that you believed to see. You've got to believe God is going to come through for you. I said to somebody, You've got to believe God is coming through for you. You're not hoping He shows up. You're not hoping maybe He would somehow. I believe. No matter how bad it looks, I believe. No matter how negative it sounds, I believe. So let's let's jump ahead a little bit now and see how the story is unfolding in verse 16. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad, talking about uh, the Amalekites upon the earth, uh, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. Catch that. David saw them, eating and drinking, they were partying and celebrating with his stuff. They were celebrating over his wives, his children, the children and wives of his elite fighting force and their spoils. But I want you to catch this and the spoils of all of their pillaging before Judah, before David, before Ziklag. It was an accumulation of wealth that these ruthless Amalekites had gathered, and now they've taken that, and they stopped at Ziklag, and taken David's spoil, and taken David's family, and his men's family, and they were now celebrating, uh, amen, like they had made it uh, to a safe place, and they had let their guard down. Now, I don't want it to get too graphic, but, uh, amen, you've got to understand in this time, uh, amen, what was next was uh, they were going to take David's wives uh, and he was they were going to take his daughters uh, and they were going to do bad things to them trying to keep it don't know who's in here but they were going to uh, basically have a great orgy of pleasure with their wives and their daughters. And David knows this in the back of his mind and he is looking at all of this happening, amen. And now he is saying, oh uh, yeah, there's about to be a change take place. You're not gonna take my wife and have pleasure. You're not gonna take my daughter. You're not gonna enjoy my spoils. I wish somebody gets something up in your crawl about the enemy and the things he's tried to take from you at Ziklag this year and say, oh, no, you don't. I've been under the ephod. I've been asking God for direction. And God says, pursue and no doubt, recover all. I'm gonna be here celebrating with somebody this year. 2024, there's gonna be some spoils coming back. There's gonna be some wives recovered. There's gonna be some children recovered. I wish you'd shout like you believe it. (laughs) Hey! Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord your God. <sighs> hey, they were dancing and drinking and celebrating and partying. Look what we've got. David thought all he was all that. They thought they were untouchable. Well, we touched them. I'm only saying what I think they might have said. Uh Uh-oh. Some stories would end differently if the writer didn't keep writing. And David smote them. And Jeff smote them. And Todd smote them. And Jim Carpenter, Brother Carpenter, you smote them. Brother Workman, you smote them. Brother Montgomery, you smote them. Oh, you see, some of you are clapping, but you're not believing yet. you got to see them being smitten by your hands because God's telling you today, I've given you the victory. They Don't look at their dancing. Don't listen to their chanting. Don't listen to their celebration. It's only temporary. Life goes on. Life goes on. David's not still sitting in Ziklag. He's now looking at his enemy because he said, no, life goes on. Smote them from the, listen, twilight even unto the evening of the next day. Can I just say it like this? He was whipping tail and taking names. You better get your tablet out and start whipping tail and taking names. A good day and a half of tail kicking. I'm sorry if that's too street for you, but I've got news for you. God is going to empower you. Listen, these are the same people that didn't have enough strength to even cry anymore. And now they're fighting for a day and a half, taking them out saying, you can't have my wife. You can't have my son. You can't have my daughter. Give me that spoil back. That's not yours. You're a thief. You've been caught and now you've got to pay sevenfold. there escaped not a man of them save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled so we're getting out of here (laughs) and David recovered all, turn to somebody and say all turn to three people and say all You can expect all when God's involved. Uh, You can expect no loss when God's involved. Uh, You can expect God to show out uh, and show up when God's involved. He took back everything the Amalekites had carried away. Why? Because life goes on. David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them. Neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. And David took all the flocks and the herds which they drave before those other cattle and said, This is David's spoil. It wasn't the Amalekites. It was David's. It was David's when it was in their possession. Mercy. I wish somebody could get a vision of your stuff. God still sees it as your stuff. It's not the enemy's stuff. Your kids are not the enemy's. They're God's. They belong to him. Your stuff belongs to God. See it as his and see it as yours. It is yours. Claim it as yours. (laughs) It's time for you to have a party. It's time for you to dance. It's time for you to rejoice. It's time for you to say, hey, God has restored all my stuff. Life goes on. Life isn't over at Ziklag. (laughs) It's David's spoil. It's Phil's spoil. It's my spoil. It's your spoil. Well, be careful now. Don't get too... No, I've already heard from the Lord. Life goes on. It's our stuff to recover. Remember I told you to pay attention to that phrase where it said the spoils of the Philistines and of Judah? That's what verse 20 is talking about. David took all the flocks. And the herds. He not only got what was his, but he got what the enemy had collected with his stuff. You know what that tells me? I believe that next year, 2024, is going to be a year where God gives you back what you have lost. But he's going to give you stuff you don't even know he's got for you yet. He's got it with interest. He's got it with more. He's going to add to it. I'm just telling you, I'm prophesying what the Holy Ghost said. You're going to see more and abundantly above all you ask or think because that's the God we serve. And what the enemy tried to take, he will not be able to possess.